0: Hello and welcome back to the New Wine Ireland podcast. During our summer conference, we like to start the mornings with our Bible reading sessions. For the next three weeks, we're going to give you an insight into what our summer conference is like with the Bible reading sessions from Summer 21 with Clive Atkinson from the book of Philemon. Here is part one. Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to New Wine Summer 21 morning Bible readings. Uh, my name is Clive Atkinson and I'm part of the staff team here at Willowfield Parish Church. Uh, Willowfield is a church in Lower East Belfast and as every right-thinking person knows East Belfast is the centre of the universe. Um, just a little disclaimer from me as we kick off, um, I'm recording this at home. Uh, And our home sits right under the flight path for Belfast City Airport. Um, So from time to time, you might hear uh, the British Airways flight from Heathrow coming into land. Well, over the next three days, we will spend our time in one of the shortest letters in the New Testament, uh, the letter to Philemon. Uh, It's a letter written from prison sent by the Apostle Paul to a businessman called Philemon about a runaway slave called Onesimus. The letter is an adventure into the scandal of God's grace. So if you're sitting comfortably, why don't we crack on? Uh, letters from prison have a rich history in the life of the Christian faith. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, the courageous German pastor, arrested was arrested by the Gestapo in 1943 and he was held in Tegel Prison And while he was there, he wrote a series of letters to the Confessing Church right up to his execution just before the end of the war. These are remarkable letters and worth getting hold of. Uh, And of course, there's that letter from Martin Luther King uh, following his arrest uh, after a protest against segregation in the city of Birmingham in Alabama. And he wrote his famous letter from an Alabama or from Birmingham jail. Again, worth reading, worth getting hold of. Well, why don't we open our Bibles together and turn to the letter of Philemon. Um, if you find Hebrews, just go back uh, and you'll find that, that this, little, or this little letter. So just before we read it together, why don't we pray? Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And we pray that these inspired words would come to us in power this day. In Jesus name, Amen. So I'm reading from verse one, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier. And to the church that meets in your home, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Verse 8. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel." But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favour you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord so if you consider me a partner welcome him as you would welcome me if he has done you any wrong or owes you anything charge it to me I Paul I'm writing this with my own hand I will pay it back not to mention that you owe me your very self I do wish brother that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord refresh my heart in christ confident of your obedience i write to you knowing that you will do even more than i ask and one thing more prepare a guest room for me because i hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers epaphras my fellow prisoner in christ jesus sends you greetings and so do mark aristarchus demas and luke my fellow workers The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul's in prison. Now, I appreciate that is stating the obvious, but it's worth just reflecting on for a moment. Prison in Paul's day wasn't so much punishment, but somewhere where, you were held until you did until they decided what to do with you. Bail was not an option in Paul's day. Uh, prison was, in that culture of that day, was considered a place of shame, uh, an embarrassment, even though you may have been completely innocent. And so for Paul to tell Philemon that he was in prison and to describe himself as a prisoner for Christ was a risk. It was a cultural risk in his day, but it was a statement in and of itself and one with a very definite purpose. In contrast to Paul's culture, Paul boasts about being in prison. He describes himself as a prisoner for Christ. And this is the first example that we find in the letter to Philemon of how Paul's encounter with Jesus All those years ago on the road to Damascus has changed Paul particularly about how Paul sees the world and today I'd like you to join with me as we drill into why Paul is willing to tempt shame willing to attempt embarrassment and to describe himself to Philemon as a prisoner for Christ and as we drill into this I I think we're going to see two things I think first of all we're going to see uh, the grace will take us out of our comfort zones in fact grace will always eventually take us out of our comfort zones and then secondly i think we're going to see how grace will take us to places that will surprise us so here's the first one grace will eventually take us out of our comfort zones so that question why is paul not ashamed to say He's in prison. Well, he describes himself twice, verse 1 and verse 9, as a prisoner for Christ. Do you see it there? Verse 1 and verse 9. The gospel changes how we see people. Of course it, it changes how we see ourselves. Of course it does. We are, through Christ, no longer slaves, no longer prisoners, but we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, heirs and coerge with christ but the gospel doesn't stop with us the gospel continues to change how we see people so here's a question is there a particular group of people that make you feel uncomfortable is there a particular group of people who make you feel uncomfortable In my previous church, we would regularly have migrant workers who would come into church on a Sunday morning. Um, Our church had a a, a reputation for providing food and also providing vouchers that would allow someone to have three nights in a a local Caritas hostel. Uh, And this meant that we had a regular flow of people on Sunday mornings looking for help. The vast majority of the people who came to church were Roma. I would have known them growing up as gypsies. Um, either from Romania or from Italy or Spain who had come to Switzerland uh, to work in the the vineyards and in the fruit farms. And I've got to be honest and say that my attitude to them wasn't always particularly godly. In 2019, I went with a group of men from our church to visit one of our mission partners in Romania. His name was Lee Savile. Lee had given up being a corporate lawyer, sold everything, left the UK and moved to Romania to serve the Roman people in the city of Arad, which is northwest Romania. The ministry that has developed there is quite remarkable, as is Lee himself. Um, on one occasion while we were, were talking with him, um, he was reflecting on Matthew 25 uh, and he said this, and this struck me forcefully. He said, our attitude to the poor... Our attitude to refugees, to the, to the prisoners, to the sick, to the elderly, um, is a measure of how deeply we have been impacted by God's grace. So Let me just say that again, that our attitude to the poor, the refugee, the prisoner, the sick, the elderly, is, is a measure of how deeply we have been impacted by the, by God's grace, how deeply We understand what Jesus has done for us in dying for us. And as someone who was struggling with the Roma, this was a really uncomfortable thought. And grace does that to us. Grace at times will make us feel very uncomfortable. And this was a moment for me. Grace takes us out of our comfort zones it unsettles us it challenges us we should expect it to the Apostle Paul had come to understand that God in Christ had lowered himself had become a servant become a slave but more than that had become a criminal someone worthy of prison and that God had done that out of love for us and such was the revelation of this love in Paul's life that this attitude, or his attitude towards prisoners, had been redeemed, reshaped, reformed. Paul would speak very personally of the revelation of God's love in Galatians 2, where he would he would speak about Jesus as the one who loved him and gave himself for him the one who loved me and gave himself for me. And for Paul, if love, if Jesus was, was willing to associate with people of shame, with servants and slaves and criminals, then Paul had no other choice. Paul was willing also to be associated with such people. And the very fact that Paul would be willing to describe himself as a prisoner for Christ is a measure of how deeply he has been impacted by God's grace. Now, as we will see, the core message of of this letter to Philemon is this. Has Philemon been impacted enough by God's grace that he will no longer see Onesimus as a slave but because of God's grace at work in his life he will see Onesimus as a brother in Christ so back to that question and um, is there a particular group of people who make you feel uncomfortable our response to the uncomfortable people in our lives is a measure of how deeply we understand and have been impacted by the grace of god so that is the first thing i think that we see in this passage here's the second thing grace will take us to surprising places grace will take us to surprising places nt wright uh, is convinced that paul is writing from prison in Ephesus. Traditionally, we've we tended to believe that Paul was writing from Rome, but NT writes pretty convinced that Paul is in fact in prison in Ephesus. Uh, Colossae, uh, the city where Philemon was from, was just up the road from Ephesus. Think Belfast to Dublin. But whether it was Rome or, or whether it was Ephesus, Paul ended up in custody on several occasions. Paul's preaching, and we all know this, either resulted in people coming to faith or Paul ending up under arrest. And for Paul, prison had become somewhere where Paul was willing to go for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ. I've always found the farewell discourse in Acts 20 very powerful, Acts 20, 22. Um, And now, this is Paul speaking, compelled by the Spirit I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, and this is powerful, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Echoes of Philippians there, isn't there? I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race And complete the task the lord jesus has given me and what's that task the task of testifying to the good news of god's grace you see grace had done such a work in paul's heart that prison was something paul was willing to face paul was willing to be arrested and imprisoned unjustly he was willing to face injustice And he was willing to give up his freedom for the sake of Christ. Now, why am I pressing this point? Well, later in this letter, Paul is going to ask Philemon, as we we read earlier on, to receive back his runaway slave Onesimus. Onesimus, who had stolen, we believe, from Onesimus and run away. Paul will ask Philemon To receive him back, not as a slave to be punished, but as a brother to be embraced. Now that is a big ask. Later in the letter, we will read that Paul has asked Onesimus, the runaway slave, to go back to Philemon. Now that's a huge ask. You see, the gospel of grace is the gospel of the big ask. For Paul, it was prison. For Philemon, it was receiving Onesimus back, no longer as a slave, but as a brother. For Onesimus, it was the risk of giving up his freedom and returning to Philemon, not knowing how he would be received. The gospel of grace is the gospel of the big ask. The grace that saves me is also the grace that will call me to surprising places and perhaps at surprising personal cost. At the beginning of this letter, I mentioned Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, who was arrested by the Gestapo in 1943. Earlier in, in 1930, around the same time that National Socialism was on the rise in Germany, he uh, had gathered a group of pastors together in a seminary in the town of Finkelwald. Uh, and the purpose of gathering them was to equip them and train them to resist the rise of National so- Socialism and the compromise that he considered the German church was making. One of his friends came to visit him uh, and says to Bonhoeffer, uh, is this not a little too much? Is this not all of this equipping and training and discipleship? Is not a little bit over the top? And in response, Bonhoeffer takes his friend to the top of a hill. And from the hill, you could look down on the seminary. uh, But you could also look down on another seminary, another camp. This was the camp where the Hitler youth were being equipped, trained and discipled. Uh, and, and, And Bonhoeffer points at the seminary. And he says this. Pointing at the, cemetery, the Semit seminary must be stronger than that. And he points at the camp where the Hitler youth are being trained. This must be stronger than that. In a culture which champions my individualism, in a culture that champions my right, champions my rights, um, that champions my personal fulfillment my personal freedom the apostle Paul has been so captivated by the grace of God that he's willing to say this however I consider my life worth nothing to me my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me my worth my life is worth nothing to me. To live as Christ. To die is gain. And so Paul's willing to go to prison. Paul's willing to give up his freedom because he has been so captivated by Jesus. So impacted by grace. And so as we come to the end of of our first Bible reading this morning, like Paul, like Bonhoeffer, may the grace of God be that thing which captures our hearts above all else. You have been listening to the New Wine Ireland podcast. We hope you enjoyed this session on Philemon. Tune in next week for part two.